Welcome to Beyond Queer Stories, the podcast that gives voice to the queer community through the art of storytelling. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Queer Stories, everyone. I'm Dawn. Hey, I'm Jondalyn. And we have Peggy Divya here with us today. So welcome. Thank you. And Peggy is a cisgender Latina social worker, music junkie, activist, aspiring writer, and the autistic spectrum. She describes her sexuality as bisexual, queer, and homosexual alternatively. Pecky is currently member at large of the Bisexual Queer Alliance Chicago Board. She has also spoken in diverse storytelling events such as Sappho's Salon Satya, Celebrate Bisexuality Day, and the Hashtag Steal Bisexual Campaign and Intersect Poetry Reading as well as written for zines like Bi Women Quarterly and Typical Me. She hosts the Bi Movie Night and Bi Discussion Group at the Center on Halsted in Chicago and brings her alter ego, the Bi Princess, to Pride events. Sounds amazing. Her dreams are to complete a book series with diverse LGBTQ plus characters, create an annual bisexual film festival, and work with fellow LGBTQ plus people and immigrants like herself. Welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you. So to start us off, can you let us know what identities you feel influence your experiences most? As far as the three of them? Whatever stands out to you. Okay. um, Well, I describe myself as homosexual because... uh, There is someone I admire, and uh, he put that uh, to clarify his sexuality. And uh, he said that I'm attracted to humans, even though it's clear he's gay living. But but for me, when I took it, I decided to do it because uh, my conception of gender and humanity keeps evolving. Mm -hmm. When I came out as bisexual, I wasn't aware of especially non-binary people. So those were stereotypes I keep breaking. Mm. So for me, it's that attracted to humans and how that attraction keeps evolving with all the information I'm learning. Mm. But I use bisexual because uh, it has the longest history. And also because for many of my straight friends, because I have a lot of them still in my life before I came out, it's easier to explain. And queer, I prefer to use it as an umbrella term. I sometimes, in very few contexts, very few intimate contexts, felt more comfortable with gay. But queer, I think it fits better because sometimes gay uh, means exclusively attracted to the same gender, which I'm not. So I use queer, I feel it fits better. Yeah, I similarly use it for those reasons too. It just feels more inclusive and all-encompassing and it just fits. I was curious, as you read the bio, I want to hear more about this bi princess alter ego that you have. Tell us about her. Yes. Okay. Um, I started back in 2015. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, when the whole marriage equality started, uh, everybody in Centro Halstead went to celebrate, and I just went with a long skirt that I decided to make something blue, pink, and purple, and I had pink and purple tops and, and a blue skirt. Mm-hmm. So my friend Mike said, you could be a bi princess, we just need to buy you a crown. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> bi princess. I'm like, well, I, so I credit brother Mike with that. And Michael Bosa, which is a bi activist too, although I believe he retired. So ever since I decided, well, we have my friend Noel as the captain bisexual for years. Maybe I could do the bi princess in the first uh, parade, in my second parade that I was going, the pre parade, and see how that goes. So it went good. It was successful. I have done it ever since. Sometimes I even do it in some bi or lgbtq centric events depending on whether it's appropriate or not and by appropriate i mean whether there's a chance i could use my image to promote bi visibility sometimes in the context just talking would be enough mm-hmm. yeah wonderful i love it so with your with the work that you're doing um we i, I would love to know more and number one i appreciate you having your stance for ensuring that those who identify as bi are respected and that the identity is respected. Tell me where that comes from. I have an inkling, but please give us some information about where that comes from for you. Well, first of all, it comes from my own experiences Mm -hmm. because uh, I mostly dated men. I only dated one woman and I've been single for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Some people have not believed it because uh, how many girlfriends do you have? I haven't seen you with a girlfriend. Oh, that girl you had dated for three months was nothing. I mean, many straight women have relationships with women out of desperation. Mm-hmm. It gets discounted. Mm-hmm. And also I've seen people that uh, based on whatever experiences they narrate that they have are being identified as gay or straight because I've not seen this that proves it. And also, most of the people who don't use labels tend to be people who are multiple gender attracted, mm-hmm. no matter which leaning. So basically, bisexuals get, and people in the middle of the spectrum, whether it's pansexual, get very invisible. And it's also, unless you are polyamorous, it's very uh, easy to disappear in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I had another actress I admire, I admire, Saffron Burroughs, and she said, I'm not gay, even though she's married to a woman, because my relationships with men were real. Mm-hmm. And some people were angry saying she should have said she was gay because she's married to a woman. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not having labels also creates this sort of um, invisibility. Of mm-hmm. course, don't get me wrong. Some people prefer not to use labels because it's... Uh, Given their circumstances, it might be easier to describe what their experiences are because of the other labels. For me, that's not, but that's okay Mm -hmm. because everybody has their different experiences. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, in a way, I just also do it so people don't have to. One of my very good friends from New York is married to a woman after dating men all her life. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said... Well, you know what? I gave up. People say, well, you should say you're a lesbian, you're married to a woman. And she said, insisted she was bisexual, but then she said, I gave up. And what I said to her, I do it so people like you don't have to. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, I want to give some visibility while respecting my friend's right to privacy or whatever the reasons are not to talk about it anymore because it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much is going to change. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much would change if I decided not to have labels or whatever if I enter in a relationship again. So I want also to cement that need to be visible so whoever is in a relationship with me regardless of their gender have to understand that i'm not all of a sudden taking a side Mm -hmm. and that i'm not demanded take a side because you are with me Mm -hmm. i want to make it abundantly clear at least for myself i appreciate that and i i feel like since the word queer has gained more popularity, there's been a lot more conversation around what bisexual means to people because mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of pushback on the bi part of bisexual, right? That it means cis men and cis women and everybody else is excluded. And I hear a lot of conversations on both sides about that. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, the things that people bring up in those conversations and the way they push back against that. Well, there's always... Uh... I am pansexual because bisexuals exclude trans or non-binary people. I'm like, uh, no, I don't. I wasn't familiar with trans and non-binary people, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think it's necessarily true. Some non-binary people also identify as bisexuals for a plethora of reasons. Mm-hmm. Even, for example, one of them said beautifully that they are attracted to everybody except for heterosexual men. So mm-hmm. being pansexual would not be something that applies to them. Mm-hmm. That's what that non-binary friend said, uh, to mm-hmm. explain it a little. So, yeah, I mean, there's also this whole thing that the genders, and there's also a lot of transphobia, a lot of people who are trans um, trans-exclusionary radical feminist Mm -hmm. and we can push back when they say well you're bisexual because men women and this whole constructs Mm -hmm. don't exist and it's also important to push back Mm -hmm. about that right right so for me is i see people similar genders different genders which is the explanation i learned with time and learned to adapt to it Mm -hmm. similar genders which is women whether they are cis or trans, I don't, to me, all are women, mm-hmm. and different genders, which can include men, cis and trans, but can also include non-binary people. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed more after coming out. So sometimes you're not familiar because of the circles you move in. And that then for me, that's also a myth that I have, I feel like I have a responsibility to dispel. Yeah, I appreciate that because those conversations can be hard, right? And always having to push back and to be willing to be that person to give voice to that, I think is really important for the community. And like you said, for your friends who have these um, invisible identities and relationships, because once you're in a relationship, you're seen as that's it. You know, like I was married to a woman. I know even my family would come back and be like, oh, so you're gay because I came out initially just saying I'm going to also start dating women because I dated men. Mm-hmm. prior to that and even after I got divorced they're like oh well you're a lesbian I've never taken on that label that labels never fit well to me but because people saw me marry a woman they just kind of like put that on me and I definitely like that spectrum I definitely have leanings in terms of where my attraction lies more strongly you know it's more um, women and trans or non-binary people like cis heterosexual men 
is way lower. <laughs> um, but honoring that spectrum and that identity and honoring people's labels that they feel good with, I think is really important. And it's so often that others want to project that onto people based on just one thing that they see. Yes, exactly. Um, for me, it was not anymore, but it used to be that my preference for men was higher. Mm. And uh, I took a It took me a long time to embrace the bisexual label. So I, um, but the thing is that if I didn't have no labels, which I did for a very long time, people were assuming I was straight because I was with a sanctioned, socially sanctioned preference, mm -hmm. dating men. Mm -hmm. So when you date the majority and you don't have a label, at least in my case, that also meant that I was very that I was identified as straight. I'm like, come on, you were straight. You were crazy about men. I'm mm -hmm. like, I was not straight, but I had this emotionally sanctioned thing. And I was also dating casually. I dated casually more than, I don't think I've ever had a serious relationship. Or a, and the longest one was a casual one. I'm not embarrassed about it. But that's another construct that I don't understand in the straight world, which is uh, a woman not having serious relationships, the horror. I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. But also it means, oh, no, but you're heterosexual. You just haven't found the right guy to settle down with. And I'm like, no. But it also brings complications for my family. My mom keeps the hope that I find the right cis guy Mm -hmm. And I forget about all this, mm -hmm. for example. So mm -hmm. those complications are brought there. Right now, I don't know if I still prefer men. I pretty much am attracted to them. But I don't know if I, my preference went there or the needle is moving more towards the middle or towards women. Mm -hmm. I also discovered that uh, sexually I did favor the woman. But because I grew up in a homophobic society, I was uh, it was very hard for me. And then I started to emotionally connecting with men and uh, I discovered, oh my God, yeah, I enjoy sex with men too. I mean, initially I was very queasy about men in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. And then I started to, when I started um, to go through the motions, uh, there was like the third sexual experience that I said, this is not bad, I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But also it was, I, I liked the guy. I, most of my friends were guys. So that was kind of um, a thing that uh, made it complicated. Yeah. But I remember being more visually excited about women than about men. Mm -hmm. And that made things very complicated. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I, it's hard to talk about it in a bunch of, uh, with a bunch of people because they, some people might chalk it up to compulsory heterosexuality. And I think... It would be an untruth in the sense that, no, I'm able to enjoy sex with men. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the genitals were a priority, although mm -hmm. uh, as far as visual, I'm, I very much enjoy the... Sorry, I'm getting too clinical. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I was able to enjoy sex with men. It's just that uh, I think things would have been different if I didn't grow up in a homophobic society mm -hmm. like I did. And uh, I don't know. Would I prefer men? I don't know. But uh, I had a, I get along with men really well. And also I never understood competition mm -hmm. with women. Like when my <coughs> sister said, there were hot guys, but also competition. I'm like, why on earth do I have to compete with women? Mm -hmm. But my family also made it complicated. 
Yeah, my my sister accused me of wanting to be bisexual, um, and she said you should you would make such a bad lesbian. <laughs> I mean, my sister started uh, to have her narrative. My mom was in denial, so it's also those little things. My genuine attraction for men, I had to overemphasize it because mm-hmm. of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then I was with international students, and I was afraid that because of their cultures, they mm-hmm. would reject mm-hmm. where I stand. So they would reject me for my attraction to women. And also I would go to an LGBTQ group that had people I could not relate to because I was craving the company of fellow international mm-hmm. students. So mm-hmm. that those things make it very complicated when you're bi. Because uh, you are always have to pick a side, even if not pick a side of lesbian versus gay, but pick a side mm-hmm. of who you're going to relate to. Mm-hmm. So I think those things shape what my life was before coming out mm-hmm. and now it's getting a little different now and have most of my friends are lgbtq and uh, i feel more aware that i need to make things more visible but also it's very sad because i cannot talk to my mom about my whole life because most mm-hmm. of my whole life is queer activism mm-hmm. and going on dates with both men and women and being uh, visible mm-hmm. going as the bi princess to things and doing podcasts like this. One of the things that I was thinking about, um, just the freedom that you have um, and the freedom that comes with one being knowledgeable of themselves and being okay with being fluid within your own life is empowering. And there's, it's almost like you, I, I would love to see you teach a master class mm-hmm. on how to help people be comfortable with themselves Mm -hmm. because for so long I've heard the disrespect toward those who identified as bisexual Mm -hmm. Um, simply just saying oh you just don't know what you want I remember the times when I was new coming into my identity and having the conversations with people and they're like you know you have one group that was like you must identify as something you have to identify as something because that's how you're going to be empowered. Then you mm-hmm. had the other group that was like, sexuality is fluid. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want, whatever you feel today, that's what you go with. You don't have to worry about the stressors of having to identify or just whatever's on your heart. That's what you go with. And then you had people that were, um, that, that group was in the middle. And then you had people that were just like, who has to know anything? Who has to know yes. anything? Just mm-hmm. that's another thing I've been told. Do they need to know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if they need to know, but I need to be open. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't judge people who prefer to say to have it on a need to know basis. I mean, everybody has their reasons and their ways to be out or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that today need to know made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the stigma. Do they need to know? I mean, after all, all women are bisexual, or all women are fluid, and that's not true. No, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I mean, and fluid is not exclusive to women, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm, very true. But I do. I appreciate who you are. And also, I wanted to say that yeah. I'm not completely comfortable in a sense yet. I'm just. Uh, it's. Uh, I work on it every day. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm still becoming more comfortable because if I was more comfortable, I would be defiant to my family. I'm not mm-hmm. choosing to edit what to talk to my family about. Mm-hmm. 
it also means that there's something still there. I mean, I'm not mm -hmm. able to stand up to my mom. Mm -hmm. Being single helps. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to stand up to my mother and say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's also a process. I'm done. I'm comfortable, but I don't think I am where I want to be. I would be happy that I, if I inspire others to be comfortable, mm -hmm. but I want others to tell I'm also human. I still have my struggles, so don't feel bad uh, for being trading behind me or not. I'm sure you are ahead of me in some areas, mm -hmm. and I am ahead of you in some areas. Mm -hmm. It's always a struggle, and we're humans, and it's unique of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very good transition into your story, actually, because mm -hmm. we're at story time. And I know um, some of what you plan to talk about is that relationship with family and how it impacts your identity. So. Yeah, I decided to take something I wrote a while ago, which was a letter to my mother. Um, this was a blog I used to have. And my mom and I had a conversation. Because someone, I don't know if this is my mom discovered the blog or someone really mm. did tell her, but my mom said that she needed to talk to me about this, mm. obviously to say to shut up. So I'm like, here is my journey. Oh, this is not, I have to look for it. So it's basically a letter to my mother. I'm looking for it. And the culture and family. Okay, I'll get this my complicated relations because the letter to my mother, but it's still within the theme of family and this is one of the two I was going to get. So here it goes. My relationship with my cultural identity and my family have been very complicated from the get-go, but it would become even more complicated as soon as I turned 18. First, I publicly quit Catholicism and I tried to, and I tried to accept my bisexuality, which I had a hard time doing in Venezuela where I'm from. My mother felt I was betraying my foremost identity as her daughter. As such, I was supposed to be a good Venezuelan Catholic girl, but I would quit Catholicism. Then I went to a big university, the University of South Carolina, in a bigger city. I prefer the company of Asian people to Latinx and Americans. My family loved them, but had a hard time accepting that I was not following the path of a typical Latina girl, which means going with my own community or mostly the American people mm -hmm. and finding boyfriends from those groups. In New York, it was easier to keep my distance from them in that sense because I had a job and my money, even if they had a comment or two to make about what I put on my Facebook or how do I conduct my life. Then I lost my job I had to move, and I had to move to Chicago. My American friends did not understand. I was an adult and I should not move just because my mother bought an apartment there, but having nowhere else to go, I could not understand that my, what my American friends meant by that. My mother would receive yet another blow. Most of my friends in Chicago were American and many white. That was three years ago. I had more people of color now but they would be bisexual like me once again i was different from my family my siblings were more understanding but my mother still struggles with it and nowadays she uses the current political climate as a security blanket when i talk about this with my american and european friends they have a hard time understanding 
In my culture, if I'm running out of my luck, my family will help me, even if that means giving up my freedom. I live in an apartment my mother helped me to buy, and she gave me an allowance while I was not working which now I am. My Western friends were seeing this as me being dependent. My Eastern and Latino friends were better able to understand, even if some of them did not agree. There is a price to pay, though. If I said something and my mother thinks I will have repercussions on me as much as the family, she blows it out of proportion. I hold a grudge on one of my siblings, for example. If I hold a grudge on one of my siblings, for example, my mother suffers and believes I'm holding a grudge against the whole family. Being in America has taught me to have an individual identity, but I struggle because I grew up believing I was an extension of my family. And uh, with this is also being, I'm not bisexual because my mother is not bisexual. And uh, that is part of her identity that she's trying to fusion with me, which is part her, but part a cultural thing. So my mom was uh, saying something along the lines that people were talking about me and the things I put in blogs or articles. And my mom took it very personally. So still, it, that exposes Venezuela being homophobic and also me representing Venezuela and saying I'm bisexual means that I fail at being Venezuelan and I fail at being a member of my family. So it's very hard to keep my own identity and be visible when you have your family and especially when you're in another country. If you are representing your family and representing your country and you have to go by these little rules. Makes me think about all those restrictions that labels can have, right? Like even when we take on a label that feels like it fits and feels like it's right and ones that we're even born into, right? Like you're Venezuelan, regardless of whether you fit into all the expectations of what you're quote supposed to be mm-hmm. with that identity and what that means then as people see others push against those boundaries. And I appreciate all the layers in your story of how you, talk about that within the intersection of your identities because that can feel so restricting and I think you know like you said waking up every day and choosing to push against that is something you're working through and it's such a thing that uh, can be challenging and can take so much time to be able to get through because you have people you know society and family and all these other places that are telling you what it needs to look like instead of allowing us to kind of form our own identities and line with the labels that we feel are important. Do I have uh, time for another history? Yeah, sure. Finally, I found it. Oh, okay. 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 Querida mamá. have to put some little Spanish. Yesterday, which means the day before I wrote this, we had a conversation on the phone and you told me that some friends, it wasn't clear to me whether they were from Venezuela, talked to my grandmother. This raised a red flag of bullcrap. So she would talk to you, so you would talk to me, because I was talking too much about being bisexual and having sexual and romantic relationships with a woman, and I shouldn't. I turned my inner translator, no, not the one from Spanish to English, and it said, stop talking about this, they are gossiping about you, and a gossip about you is a gossip about me. Then you pulled the fact that I was working for a religious organization, the latest of the, at least nominally, the latest of the cards you have played for me to be 
back in the closet. My stepfather Hugh, my step-siblings, our family, the current president, the neighbors in my future apartment in New York. Upon telling you that there were openly gay people in my team, you replied that nobody had the loud makeup and the colors like me, and everybody knew that the bisexual flag color what the bisexual flag colors meant, especially in social work. I replied telling you that one of my bosses asked what that and my little pin meant, and I had to tell you a lie about why I was wearing the pin that day. Then you brought that the bottom line was that I should not let people know about me. Translation. Talk about you. I replied with that. If we play that game, I would also be gossiped about and perhaps pitied for not being married and a mother at 40. You then turned defensive again, stating the fact that more and more women were deciding against marriage and motherhood. Well, mama. There are two things you're going to have to accept whether you like it or not. One, I love women as much as I love men. Two, my crushes on Michael Fassbender and Arjun Rampal are as powerful and arousing as my crushes on Katrina Cave and Saffron Burroughs. Second thing, that my life is about me and not about you. And unlike the first time when I was 20 and you tried to silence my bisexuality even for myself, although other circumstances were the cause of that first success, this time it won't work. There is a possibility that I will fall in love with a woman in the future, just like I did in the past. You will have to accept that. I am bisexual. I have been out and proud since I was 35. I'm out of the closet to, and I was out to friends to close friends in New York even earlier. Silencing my bisexuality won't make it go away. Not this time. Yes, there's the possibility I will fall in love with a man, but I won't bury the possibility that I will fall in love with a woman simply because it bothers you. In the same way that you have to accept I quit Catholicism and at 18 to never go back. And in the same way that I had a majority of friends who were not the friends a good Latina straight woman would have. I will always be your daughter, but I can't keep stop living my life just because it bothers you. Now I have more independence, both because I have a permanent job and because you left Chicago. And for the third consecutive Pride March, I will be the bi princess. You will just have to get used to it. That's the one I was like... Uh, and choosing the other one was the one I genuinely wanted to bring but this one was the main one it's basically my dynamic of my relationship with my mom mm -hmm. it uh, to this day it still hurts me that I cannot completely be myself with her mm -hmm. Is I that... just want to sit with that God, yeah. yeah it's yeah it's familial relationships can be really challenging when it comes to identity yes and also, we're all in the mental health field, so I wonder, you know, what type of kind of therapeutic release was that for you to even just write it out? You know, right. even if you could never say those things to right. her and right. you can never bring that to her, I imagine there was some therapeutic component to it. Yes, it made me, it liberated me, it made me calm down, mm. even if for a little while, made it feel less pent up. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. I needed to throw it somewhere. 
Yeah. So I said, well, instead of just being combative and yelling, how can I channel that? And I decided to channel in that blog mm-hmm. entry. Um, that way I could at least, and if she was reading like she discovered, at least she would mm-hmm. continue to read and continue to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's very sad that instead of understanding what it brought is that I put walls Mm-hmm. more walls because until she accepts it mm-hmm. not gonna be able to to take those walls down mm-hmm. yeah the question that I'm thinking of that I'm really struggling to ask is I remember I was getting ready to have a, a little bit of an in-depth conversation with my uncle and he stopped me and he said there's nothing that you can't that you could or could not do that will stop me from loving you. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It, it almost felt like he knew where I was getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about your mom, you know, the love of your mom? Do you feel that it is secure and that it won't be moved or augmented in, in a case like this? How do you, how do you feel? To be very fair, she is uh, doing it out of overprotection. Because to get a little more personal, when I was a kid, I was also bullied for being different. Nothing to do with sexuality. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think from that, my mom thinks this is a mean world and I'm still this little fragile mm. kid she needs mm. to protect. Makes yeah. total sense. Yeah makes total sense this is why it was like you work in catholic charities saying mm-hmm. they might fire you you might not get your citizenship things like that i mean my mom was even before even when obama was still president when i was still here mm-hmm. when i was coming out so my mom still was making any excuse mm-hmm. my family should not know my stepfather should not know my stepfather didn't care mm-hmm. And all those things, I mean, it's like uh, now my mom is like, I can't be myself because she has to protect me. Mm. There's other aspects in my life she also tries to protect. That's why I know it's that need to Mm overprotect me from the mean, mean world. That is the love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is the love. There are some some kids I know that want to be protected by their parent and Mm. can't because the parent doesn't know how. But that is the love. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. And there's some truth to that, right? Like there yes. are risks, there are dangers. And I can, you know, not being a parent, I can only imagine some of the reasons I've said that, you know, I didn't want to have children is because I can't fathom the worry that a parent endures Same here. Mm-hmm. just c- constantly wanting your mm-hmm. children to be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And Same you can't here. at a certain point, you can't control that anymore. Mm-hmm. And you have to just allow them to go on with their lives. But you don't know how to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you always want to be that protector. And that's really hard to get to a point where you know that, yeah, they're going to experience pain mm-hmm. and they're going to experience hurt. And, and that's why I also decided against having children, partly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there's a plethora of reasons, but that was a big one. Mm-hmm. I decided. Literally, our, the way that my mom explained it is that I remember I was like in my late 20s, mid to late 20s going somewhere. And I was like, 
She's like, well, what time are you coming home? I'm like, <laughs> we're still having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you are literally my heart walking outside of mm-hmm. me. And it's not that I don't trust you. It's just that it's a very mean world out there. Mm-hmm. If something happens, that's my concern and I can't get to you or something is going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so once she had this Cosby show moment, I was like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But that's just so much. And yeah. it makes me really admire your mom more. Yes. It well, does. I, I started. Uh, yeah, I started. No, that. no, no. That's fine. Yeah. I started to reflect more on that after our recent event, mm-hmm. which is uh, I traveled to Los Angeles. I didn't tell her until mm-hmm. she saw it in my Instagram, but that's okay. I was not going to tell her until I landed. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a news that a possible blizzard was coming to Chicago. My mother went, oh, please, I'll pay you. Because I said, mom, I'm waiting for the refund to get a ticket to go back. Go to Chicago. Don't go nowhere else. There is a big blizzard. Please land. Fight soon. Mm -hmm. Don't go anywhere else. I had a conference in Minnesota about bisexuality Mm -hmm. that weekend. It was that whole need to overprotect me. And Mm -hmm. when she heard about that blizzard, she wanted to cut my trip to L.A. short. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, I made some mistakes in, along the way. That's another conversation. But I'm like, no, I'm not gonna. I mean, it was good because at least uh, my mom paid for my ticket to go to Minnesota. And then I returned it immediately. Mm-hmm. But it was, oh my God, my mom is always overprotecting me. Mm-hmm. And I know her intentions were good that um, from the dangers of flying with a blizzard. But at the same time. Let me be an adult. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when I reflected and said, well, I know that it doesn't come from homophobia. She has gay friends. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with me not getting married and me not having kids. Mm-hmm. But this was a whole different thing that shook her. And it's mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. very hard for her because I'm also autistic on top of that. And that's another thing that my mom... I guess she feels she needs to overprotect me mm-hmm. because the world is still bullying, which I have not seen in adulthood. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in the same way that I was as a kid. I mean, I think I'm more resilient mm-hmm. now if there's some bullying. Mm-hmm. But I think that that little kid who was bullied because she was autistic, my mom feels that need to protect. I have to say it. I, I don't blame her. Especially in the world we live in where hate is becoming more overt, right? Yeah. Like it literally... Hate is justified. Is Yeah, it's not hidden anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's always been there, but it's super out in the open now and people are showing pride in it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can only imagine what being a parent is like in that kind of society where, you know, you always knew it was there, but now people are really rallying toward yeah. it. And um, feeling justified in it in a yeah. way that I don't think we've seen any time recently. People have such pride for excluding others, for hating others, for being violent against others even, you yeah. know, in the name of whatever their beliefs are. That's a scary time. It is a very scary time. And sometimes I even think, should I tone it down? Not because, not in my mom is right sense mm-hmm. but and the oh my god i'm seeing all this hate 
were um, growing. Mm -hmm. Should yeah. I tone it down or what should I do? Yeah. This is uh, really scary sometimes, but at the same time, I'm like, no, I want, I, I'm tired of um, editing parts of me. Right. Yeah. And is it fair to ask mm -hmm. someone to stifle a part of their life because of someone else's ignorance? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like me saying I'm Hispanic, mm. but it's just like me saying, pretend I'm going to pretend I'm white because I pass, so I get protected. And I'm like, no, I mean, my accident is going to give me away. Mm -hmm. My name, when I my legal name, my legal name is very Hispanic, mm -hmm. and it's going to mm -hmm. give me away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. that's how I see my bisexuality in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, should I have to hide it to protect myself? Mm -hmm. I mean, but that, uh, but hiding also, I feel like if I hide, I don't do any service to Latinx who don't pass, my friends of color who don't pass. Mm -hmm. Same is also with my bisexuality. If I'm, if I choose to be invisible again, will I, or that will be a disservice of the people I have inspired mm -hmm. to come out. And the people I have inspired to be visible, and also the people who have seen hoping me because I am talking about things for any reasons they choose not to talk to, but they are glad that there's someone there who is talking about it and mm -hmm. kind of uh, narrating the experiences that where we both relate. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the voice of everybody who is queer. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I'm saying where the experiences overlap. Mm -hmm. Your visibility. Um, is strength for someone else but you do of course have to live your own life and operate within your own areas of safety for yourself yes but yet still your ability to say I'm going to press through mm -hmm. and still operate and still live and still do this um, it, it, it it does empower others it uh, it's like it's like an IV Yes. That you're actually giving to someone like this is how you survive. Take mm -hmm. some of this. Yes. And this is how you can make it and be unapologetically you. Yes. Um. You know, and it, it, it and people think that to to live this life at the intersections that we are operating with, people don't understand the 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 power that has to go into that. Yes. Um. And and just to to survive. Sometimes it's beyond comprehension, even for us to live. I think about being a black woman and being, you know, a woman that identifies the same gender loving and, you know, at one point was a part of the Christian community, all those different intersections where you're going to hit walls just because of the existence um, of my, just because of my existence. And it's, it's a lot. And so it's, you know, not saying that you have to be the sacrifice, but I'm so glad that you are here. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, people said, no, you don't have to be the sacrifice. I'm like, I don't. I choose to. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that everybody has to. Right. I just choose to. I feel like I'm passionate about it. I don't think everybody should be like me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad to be the sacrifice of them because I, would I, should I say like or should I say because I like it or because I feel like I can take that responsibility. It's it's innate and it sounds like you get yeah. a lot of it from your mom. Mm. That courage. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah, that courage from my mom and my dad. Now, I do wonder if that courage would be there had my father not died. 
in 2014. Mm. And there's a part of me that thinks that he would uh, accept it, but he would suffer because he was homo a homophobe for so many years. Mm. And another part that he would disown me. But because he died before I fully came out. I was starting to come out, but I hadn't fully come out. So I don't know how my father would have reacted to that. My father is conservative, so was, because he's dead. Yeah. My siblings have been very supportive, even if one of them has a little skewed um, theories about my sexuality, but at least she supports, and that's all I care about. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have any... I don't want to be ungrateful about it. But uh, yeah, my siblings have been supportive. I'm very glad about it. My brother in particular also understands my struggles uh, with my mom because he also has them. He's the youngest. Mm -hmm. So sometimes he says, hey, I know. I Even I don't say this or this or that to my mom or I don't say how I'm raising my son because mm -hmm. I know my mom would have something to say. I appreciate all your vulnerability in telling your story today too. Thank being you. so open with you. us. Thank you. And we're at about wrap-up time, so I want to give you space also to share anything you want our audience to know about, to follow you on. I know you mentioned your blog. and Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see how I'm not putting my blog yet uh, up again. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that's another thing. I still struggle because, for example, putting a blog mm -hmm. is hard So my because um, there's people who are going to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with coming to terms with those opinions. Yeah. So that's another piece of the cake. So yeah. Yeah. the same thing I said before. Um, I'm glad I inspire you, but uh, I'm not a perfect model. Just uh, yeah. take the parts of me that inspire you because I like that we made progress, but I struggle as much as you and we're all human and we sure. keep struggling and learning. Mm. But that uh, should that means also that you can persist and whatever journey you have is your journey mm -hmm. and I'll respect it and I'll 100% support it. Thank you. Is there anything you want the audience to check out? I know your work with BQAC is important. Oh, yeah. Um, the next thing, we have a buy movie night and next Monday, I haven't picked the movie, but I will in eventually sometime this week. Okay. It's going to be the last in the year. Um, Bikwak is also having uh, um, elections. Please check us on Meetup and Facebook. In Facebook, we are Bisexual Queer Alliance Chicago. So it's, we're in Meetup, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for mm -hmm. the event, for the board meetings, if you're interested. And uh, we might or might not have this month in December the um, the group discussion group. I'm trying to look for someone who is staying in Chicago for the holidays who can substitute me because it's the last Saturdays of every month. And this last Saturday is basically holidays. Mm -hmm. So, But it will start again last Saturday of January. Wonderful. And uh, keep us, uh, and if you want to check more of the social, it's mostly social, but we also try to do other stuff, and keep checking us in all our social media. Wonderful. Well, thank awesome. you so much for being with us today. Um, Appreciate it. It's a pleasure for me. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories and Twitter at Beyond Queer Pod. 
Also, check out the creator of our podcast music, Be Steadwell. She's an incredible queer artist who creates queer music and queer content. You can check her out at bestedwell.com. That's B-E-S-T-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com. Also, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can look for our link to submit on both Facebook and Instagram or reach out to us at beyondqueerstories at gmail.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please rate us and leave us a comment. We'd love to get your feedback. This also helps others find our podcast. Talk to you all next week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories. When our order left to return to my office, you were right there dropping off someone. I was elated that I didn't have to wait long. The day is really going my way, I thought to myself. I got into your car and said, Thank you so much. How are you? My standard greeting to a Lyft driver. You glanced at me through the mirror and said, I'm good. Where are you from? Just like that. Out of the blue. We're sitting inches from each other, yet a case in between us suddenly felt like a thousand miles. I paused. Beyond, beyond, beyond.